You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking about the law of continuance, so we're just going to jump right back into where we left off from yesterday. And our text for today is Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5. Now what we're trying to establish here is we're showing you that when God made covenant with Abraham, he continued that covenant blessing into the seed and the family of Abraham. It carried over. And uh, there were times when the family of Abraham was not so good and they weren't so perfect. In fact, Abraham himself wasn't always perfect. But God chose to make covenant with him because God had a way of making up the difference between what he expected and the, uh, the imperfection that Abraham had. And that's called grace. And God still does that today. Thank you. God, he does. Uh, <clears throat> he continued to work through the children of Israel, even though the people who came out of Egypt that he had redeemed and rescued, that whole first generation, they died, they passed away, all the way up to Moses, Aaron, Miriam. And uh, the only two people who were adults who came out of Egypt who were still alive were Joshua and Caleb, and they were responsible for leading the way in faith into the land of promise. And that's why God preserved them and gave them an amazing strength. So they came to the borders of the land of, of Israel, the land of Canaan, which was going to be theirs. And so once again, we see another fascinating display of the law of continuance. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 9, let me read it to you. It says, that which has been is what shall be, and that which is done is what will be done, and there's nothing new under the sun. Now that's another evidence for the law of continuance in the way that God does things. And basically it says here that what God does in the beginning is what He will continue to do as He goes on through. Now uh, we see that there was a spectacular water crossing that brought the children of Israel their freedom and delivered them from Pharaoh when they crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. Well, now we see God is going to do that again. The, the children of Israel are on the east side of the Jordan River. They are going to cross the river and go to the west of the river. And when they go to the west of the river, they're going to begin to conquer the different cities, and the first one would be Jericho. Now, in this passage we see that the Jordan was in flood stage and it was not something that you could cross and all of the people on the west side of the river knew that. They knew exactly where the Israelites were. Small country, 250 miles long by 50 miles wide and this theater of operations is in a very small area. So all of the kings in that little uh, region, and they were all city-state kings, uh, not any big empires there. Uh, it says, so when it was, or so it was, when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water. They didn't have to go waist deep or neck deep, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest. All they did is step in about ankle deep. Then the waters which came down from upstream stood still. 
and they rose in a heap very far away at a place called Adam, the city that is beside Zaratan. So the waters that went down into the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea or the Dead Sea, they failed and were cut off and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. So what happened is God stopped the flow of the Jordan River and did the same thing that he had done to deliver the people out of Egypt. He did it again. Then the priests who bore the ark, uh, the ark of the covenant of the Lord, stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. They went right down to the bottom and just stood there. And all Israel crossed over on dry ground till all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. And actually when they did that, they gathered up 12 stones, one for each of the tribes of Israel, and they put them on the bank. And those 12 stones were from the bottom of the Jordan. And they piled them there as a remembrance of this great miracle that God did uh, to deliver the children of Israel. So uh, what I want you to see is this, uh, this is the law of continuance. God is continuing to do great things for Israel. He has not forgotten them. Uh, now, listen to the effect that it had on the neighboring tribes. Uh, this is Joshua chapter 5 and verse 1. So it was when all the kings of the Amorites who were on the west side of the Jordan and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea, and that, that's also on the west side of the Jordan, when they heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until we had crossed over, their heart melted and there was no spirit in them any longer because of the children of Israel. So they were in a very desperate place. They, they, they were, were not able uh, to really fight with great confidence, even though they did fight and they did resist, but it was to, to no good. Uh, what I want you to see here is that God brought Israel to this place and then suddenly he throws on the brakes and he demands that they practice circumcision. So all during the time that the children of Israel were wandering in the wilderness, the parents did not circumcise any of their children. And now these children are grown and God is calling them, now that they're old enough to be responsible, God is calling them to circumcise both themselves and their children. And they do that after they've crossed over the Jordan River. They begin the practice of circumcision. And so first you see the miracle of grace, which was the parting of the waters of the Jordan. And they were able to cross on dry ground. But then it was followed by an act of obedience. So listen to this. At that time the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives for yourself. Circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. So Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt were males, who were males, all the men of war, had died in the wilderness on the way after they'd come out of Egypt for all the people who came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. So it was now time for them to honor the covenant. And uh, so, so God had them uh, step up and show uh, uh, honor to the covenant. Uh, this is what made them a nation. And, and this is important because uh, God wanted them to know that their whole existence and everything about them is based totally on a covenant that he made with Abraham. It's not based on their own heroism. It's not based upon their own good works. It's not based upon their own great strength. They were not a people of great strength. They only were great because they had the power of God. And so God wanted them to see 
that this was all based upon relationship, and that's why he insisted on the sign of the covenant, which was circumcision. Now, circumcision is still practiced today, but not in the flesh. When we come to Christ, our hearts are literally circumcised. You know, because we can't see it, because it's inward, we don't think of the new birth as a real miracle, but it is. It is a real miracle. If you could somehow see the effect of the new birth on your human spirit when you come to Christ, you would have no doubt that it's every bit as much a miracle, if not more so, than the sign of circumcision on the human body. That, of course, was not a miracle, but it was still a physical sign. There's a spiritual transaction that takes place when we come to Christ. Now, when God delivered the children of Israel and they were now ready and they had practiced circumcision, it's time to go in and take possession of the land. God delivered Jericho into their hands. And this is with a miracle. Uh, I want to read Joshua chapter 6, verses 16 and 17. I'm going to read from uh, 26 translations. It came to pass at the seventh time when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, the Lord is giving you the city, but the town must be set apart, a devoted portion to the Lord. Now your King James Bible, and perhaps even the New King James, they'll say it's accursed. And there's a little bit of, of, of that's one side of the meaning of that word. It, it almost would give you the idea, and I had this idea when I first began to study my Bible, that Jericho had evil things in it. Uh, there were things that were designed to, 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 uh, to be used in the worship of idols and so forth. So God didn't want them to touch anything that was in the city. They couldn't have anything there. Every bit of it was corrupt. That's not really true. No doubt there was a lot of corruption there. No doubt there were loads of idols there. But God didn't even want them taking the gold, the silver, the food even. Well, the food was just food. Uh, large stores of grain. That, there was nothing evil about that grain in itself, but it was called devoted. Now, a devoted thing is only accursed if it is meant to be left alone and someone goes in and takes it. Now, this is really what is going on in the Garden of Eden with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was not in itself an evil tree. The fruit itself was not evil. There was nothing about this tree that carried disease or death in it or whatever. It was just devoted, or in other words, it was restricted. And it was a test that God gave to Adam and Eve to see if they would show honor to him. He gave them all the other trees and said, you can eat them all. And they were supposed to eat of the tree of life, which they did not do. When they came to the middle of the garden, instead of choosing the tree of life, they went over and chose the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They trespassed. They crossed a border. And they took something that did not belong to them. So God is doing this with Jericho. And it's interesting that it is the first city. So it's the first fruits. God puts the tithe into your hand. That is, he blesses your finances. Now he asks you to show him honor by bringing the tithe, the tenth part, the first part, back to him in honor. That's what he asked for. But it's in your hands. You can choose not to do that. And when you do that, 
you bring a curse upon not so much your spirit and soul uh, in, in, in the sense that, that now God's totally upset with you, but your finances are cursed. And there's a principle I've seen that when people refuse to tithe, I've noticed that there is a certain restriction on the spiritual truth they're able to see. At being a pastor for 40 years plus in the various different functions that I did as pastor, I was senior pastor and also on staff at churches for over 40 years. I noticed something about people who did not tithe. And somebody would say, well, you did this just because you're a pastor. Well, maybe that's true. But I will say this. I saw something in people who refused to tithe that they never seemed to get their spiritual legs under them. They never quite seemed to develop and become spiritually strong and great leaders. Uh, they were always compromised in some way or another. And another thing that I noticed about them, they all had the same characteristic. And I could tell you story after story. They were border crossers, meaning that they could not keep their hands off of other people's business or out of other people's money. And if you're going to take God's money, it's a small thing for you to reach in and take somebody else's money. And I've seen that happen way too many times. So that's what the, uh, the Lord was doing here with the Israelites. Don't touch the city of Jericho. It's devoted. Well, we know the story that Achan came in and he did take things out of Jericho that they were not supposed to take. And it brought a curse upon the men of Israel when they went to war uh, the next time against the little village of Ai. And they suffered because of this sin. God had Joshua do an inspection and he sought after the Lord. And the Lord pointed out the very man who had committed the sin so that they could deal with this. But this is the law of the first fruits, and it's the law of the devoted thing. And there are some things that are devoted to God that you don't touch. And it uh, doesn't mean that they themselves are evil. It's just God wants to see honor out of you. He wants to see honor out of me. And uh, one of the ways that we show him honor is if he says, that's not yours, then I will not take that. And uh, that's just part of following God. He wants to see that kind of honor in us. So, this continuance that God shows us here is not just something that he does, but he is demanding continuance of us. Uh, this continuance started in the Garden of Eden when God said, don't eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And you can see it repeated down through history where God asks us to do the same thing. It isn't that he's trying to rob us of great blessing. In fact, he has just the opposite in mind. I tell you, Deliva and I made a decision early on in our marriage that we were going to pay the tithe, even though we couldn't afford to, even though we were in, in, in extreme financial distress. But we did. We honored God, and God brought us out of that financial bondage. It didn't happen overnight. But it did happen, and we saw blessing. And you know what? Even when it wasn't happening as fast as we wanted it to, we had to admit, as we looked back, we were always better off than we were the year before. Always. And that's how God works. Well, <clears throat> that's all my time for today, but we'll pick up here tomorrow, so don't dare miss tomorrow's podcast. See you then. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.